So do you have a problem right now that you can't solve in your business or maybe it's in another area of your life? Well, my next guest on La Dolce Vita, the formula for fabulous living, he's going to share the amazing power on how to find the right steps, that right sequence of steps to get you to the answer. So stay tuned. Frankie Lee, dimmi. Quale senso della vita? The meaning of life is to live la dolce vita, which is the formula for fabulous living. Hi, my name is Heather Pickin, and welcome to the La Dolce Vita Show, the formula for fabulous living. I'm the catalyst in helping you to be more confident, create your dream business, and attract elite clients, and live a fabulous life. Here's Heather, helping you to upgrade your life to fabulous. Upgrade your life to fabulous, right, Frankie? You're fabulous. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of La Dolce Vita, the formula for fabulous living, empowering women that have an ambitious vision and goal in their business and life. And I am so excited to be sharing uh, actually some of the, some philosophical uh, thoughts with my next guest, uh, John Vespasian. And he is the author of nine books about rational living. He has turned his international background and his personal interest in history into a breed of personal development books that emphasize rationality, resilience, and learning from real life examples. His latest books are titled On Becoming Unbreakable, Thriving in Difficult Times, and sequentially, the amazing power of finding the right sequence of steps, which I absolutely love. I, I am, I want to geek out on this because I love learning about philosophy. I love taking that, that model of, of learning how people solve problems um, in, in using philosophy. So, John, thank you so much for being my guest today. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the formula uh, of really understanding, you know, you know, how we have the power to, to find the right steps, you know, really find, uh, you know, the, the answers to the questions that we're looking at. So I was wondering if you could give us, uh, well, let's just start there. Let's just start there. We have a problem. So how can someone really use this, this formula on, on finding the answers, let's just say, to a business issue? Yeah, what I have done in, uh, in my latest book, the title is uh, Sequentiality, is to try to go through hundreds of uh, biographies and stories of uh, people who have been very, very successful and sometimes very, very unsuccessful and to draw different uh, principles that uh, we can apply today in the 21st century. So I can give you a few examples and a few stories, but uh, the, the thread that goes uh, through the stories and the, the, the main principle of the book and this is why it's called sequentiality, is that uh, when you're facing a problem, business problem or a personal problem, health problem, relationship problem, whatever it is, um, it's usually more practical uh, to focus on finding 
the right sequence of steps. This is why I call the book Sequentiality. To, to find the right sequence of steps is more practical than becoming uh, super um, enthusiastic or, or, or positive. I mean, to focus on um, attitude can be very helpful, but um, the problem is that if you take, uh, you pick up any book nowadays about personal development, it's all attitude and very, very little uh, practical advice. And people become uh, too much, they got too much into their own heads. Uh, they become super cheerful, positive, um, uh, very, very energetic. But unless you really get the principles about how to solve problems, um, it's not very practical. And what I have done in this book, Sequentiality, is to go to many, many biographies, many, many examples, and to try to extract um, patterns that uh, people in history have used to, for solving problems, uh, business problems, amongst others, and uh, to try to present those patterns in a way that is, uh, I think, entertaining and easy to retain. Because uh, human beings, the way we are built, um, we tend to learn from stories. Uh, if we just, uh, if I just tell you the principles, okay, this is what you have to do, uh, unless you, you see the principle illustrated by some kind of story, some kind of uh, compelling uh, anecdote or some, um, some uh, background, um, you say, okay, yeah, 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 it's very interesting, but then you forget it within a minute. And the whole idea of philosophy uh, is that uh, you learn uh, little by little so that when you're facing problems, uh, philosophical or, or personal or business problems, uh, you know so much about history and principles and philosophy that uh, you immediately hit on the right principle and then you find the answer uh, almost uh, automatically. I love that because a lot of times people try to solve problems when they're in their amygdala and they don't really have what I call reflective awareness. They're not taking a step back to really reflect. So I, I love that idea about stories and, and really getting the answers to you know the biggest questions because a lot of times what happens is you, you have a problem in your business and you, you try to solve it in, in you know in your mind where where you know you're just kind of not really uh, you know thinking rationally and therefore it's really hard to get out of your own way. So can you share maybe uh, one of the stories in your book about uh, solving a problem? Yes. One of the um, uh, principles that I present in the book um, is um, something that we can apply in every aspect of our lives. And let me just give you a little story uh, from history. And um, this is the story of Alexander von Humboldt, who is very well known in Europe. He was a, a very famous um, um, naturalist in the 18th century. Actually, the University of Berlin in Germany is named after Humboldt. And Humboldt uh, faced very serious uh, problems uh, when he was in his, um, in his 20s because uh, he studied um, uh, different subjects at the university. Uh, in the end, he could not find the kind of job he wanted, so he became a, a mine inspector because he, he did some um, uh, geology in university. So he had a super boring uh, job of visiting um, mines in Germany and writing reports. And he inherited uh, from his mother, when his mother passed out, passed, out, passed away, she uh, left in a, a home. And instead of uh, just using the money to improve his, uh, his standard of living, he wanted to start a new life. 
And this is something that many people, when they start a business, they have this kind of idea. And the problem with uh, Humboldt, he had some money, but he didn't have a lot of money. He, he, it would be like you inherit a big house from your parents, and okay, you can make um, uh, some of some it, but it's not enough to, to start uh, a big business. And Humboldt had a huge ambition uh, to go to South America, to make exploration, to, to, to discover uh, new resources. I mean, we are talking now um, middle of the 19th century. And he went trying to find uh, supporters, trying to find um, financiers. He went to, to Belgium, he went to France, uh, he went to Spain, he was rejected uh, continuously. Uh, he spent almost all his uh, savings trying to find um, finances, like going to venture capital, now that people go trying to raise money. Well, this is what um, Humboldt did um, uh, very, very uh, cleverly. He made uh, great presentations. He could speak several languages. It was all in vain. And now comes the, the, the key point of the story, because what did he do? And that this is something that people have to face very often nowadays when they have a business problem. He had some money left, not uh, a lot, but he had some money left. I said, look, I can go back to my boring uh, job and basically give up everything and spend uh, the rest of my life doing something I really don't enjoy. Or I can use the little resources, the, li the little money I have, and try to make something out of it. And what he did was amazing because he took uh, his uh, savings, he put them in an escrow account, because in the 19th century, you didn't have, of course, credit cards, so he had to use some, some very primitive uh, system for drawing uh, checks on this uh, bank account. But he, he went uh, to South America with a friend, and he spent uh, all his savings uh, traveling uh, through Venezuela. He went in, he went in to, um, uh, to Argentina. He then went back to Mexico. He spent a few weeks in the United States. So he spent two years uh, traveling very, very inexpensively because he was basically walking, uh, taking notes, making uh, drawings because they didn't have photographs at the time. And when he came back to Europe, he found himself with these uh, thousands of pages of notes, and he used the little money he had left, he still had some money left, uh, to turn those notes into books that he published uh, himself. And in this way, he turned his, um, his savings and his uh, traveling, that many people now travel, uh, but they, they draw very little benefit out of it, but uh, Humboldt built assets, because with his uh, notes and his savings, he published his notes into 10 books, uh, 10 volumes uh, full of illustrations, and he became overnight uh, the most famous explorer in Europe. And this gave him a lot of um, opportunities. He was hired by the Russian government uh, to do exploration in Siberia. Uh, he got um, a counselor position in Prussia uh, with, a, with an emperor, and he became very famous and very wealthy. And the lesson of the story is that uh, if your resources are limited, if you have um, financial uh, limitations because you cannot do this business uh, as big as you would like, try to build assets. Try to build some kind of assets. Uh, what Humboldt uh, is teaching us in this story is that he used very cleverly his resources. He, had, uh, he didn't have a lot of money, but he used the money to build assets that he could exploit for the next decades. And he spent the rest of his life living on those 10 books, books that didn't sell very well, but uh, he built a reputation, and he built uh, an amazing reputation with uh, a little investment of capital, and he was able to live on his reputation for the rest of his life. 
Mm, what, a, what an interesting story. And a lot of times I find what happens, you know, when you have a problem is that you can connect the dots. I always call it connecting the dots of your life, like take that step, maybe that doesn't work out and keep going and pursuing, you know, your, your vision and your mission so that you can get the, the ideas. So I, I just, you know, I, I think that is so important about learning uh, from those stories that, that you mentioned. I, I think that's really uh, powerful. Uh, you know, so when you're looking at, you know, finding the, the right steps, um, what do you find, you know, with, with let's just say entrepreneurs, do, do you feel that entrepreneurs want instant gratification? They're not willing to kind of sit down and, and really problem solve? Um, well, of course, we all do uh, in a way. <laughs> but um, one of the principles I have found uh, in my research for this book is that um, a great uh, reason, a great cause of uh, failure uh, in entrepreneurs and in everything else is that uh, we tend to be uh, very short, um, uh, short time oriented. We, we look at the immediate future and we want immediate results and we fail uh, to do sufficient research. And I have presented in this book, just a little story, um, how uh, people uh, made um, exploration missions in the early 20th century to, the, to, the, to Antarctica, to the South Pole. And uh, there was a huge uh, difference between uh, the guy who actually got there, was a, a Norwegian guy, his name was Amundsen, and he went there like a walk in the park. I mean, he went uh, from Norway to um, Antarctica with a ship, with dogs. Uh, he had planned everything. He uh, had um, food depots. He had sufficient number of dogs. He had the right type of clothing. I mean, he did everything right. He just went there and he did it. While other expeditions, one from, um, from England and another one from Scotland, they died like, uh, I don't say like rabbits, but they died... Uh, horrible deaths because they got frozen, uh, they got, uh, I mean, they starved. I mean, it was really horrible, horrible, horrible. And they were, uh, they have plenty of resources. I mean, these people have millions. They have raised millions for these expeditions. How can you explain that uh, one of them was able to get almost everything right and the other two with uh, major uh, funding uh, from different sources they made every possible mistake. I mean, there was, for instance, one of the, um, the competitors, one, the guy from England, he got uh, his crew uh, dressed in, uh, in wool, uh, which is very good for English winter, but if you go to the South Pole, you get wet and you freeze. I mean, something which looks pretty obvious, but the guy didn't think of it. And uh, while the Norwegian guy, he got everything right. And there was the other guy who, who instead of buying um, dogs, taking dogs, because dogs can walk, actually on snow very, very easily. Uh, he took uh, ponies and the ponies, uh, the little uh, horses, they, they got out of the, the ship and they broke their legs and they died. I mean, things that are completely stupid. And this is something that we do every day in business, right. in life. Uh, we repeat mistakes. Why did the guy who, who achieved the, um, uh, the expedition, who did it right, how did he do it? Very easily. He just uh, got the right information. He made some uh, research. He talked to people who have gone uh, to similar places because nobody had gone to the South Pole, but people have been living in very cold conditions for, for, for generations. So he talked to different people and said, what do I need? What kind of clothing do I need? What kind of uh, dogs do I need? What kind of food do I need? He just made a checklist and he did it. He did it right the first time. 
And this is uh, the perfect formula for business. Uh, before you do something, I mean, whatever um, kind of business you're in, uh, whatever problem you're facing, for God's sake, do some research because most problems we face in life and in business have been solved by someone else. If you just look into history, like uh, this Amundsen guy did, I mean, he has spent a few months preparing the, the expedition and he got uh, almost everything right. And nowadays we have in the 21st century, for God's sake, we have so easy access to information. You can find almost everything uh, on the internet. Do some research. Don't go crazy by becoming depressed or by becoming anxious or by becoming uh, stressed. Just do research and you will solve most problems. Um, it is, sounds very, very simple, very, very self-evident, but it is not. Because uh, I tell you, all of us make mistake after mistake in business, in life, in many areas, because uh, we want immediate results and we don't take the time uh, to do sufficient research. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree. I, I think that as in, you know, many entrepreneurs, they don't ask questions or they, they ask the wrong questions. So they'll ask a question like, why can I get this to work instead of, okay, who, who has solved this problem before me? Who, who already has the answers? And, and I agree, creating a database of researching and sifting through information and, and getting yourself to think. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, people don't understand there, there is a way that if you ask your brain a, a question, you're going to find the answer. Wasn't it Leonardo da Vinci that, that had a way of questioning? He, had the, he kept asking questions to kind of find that reoccurring theme and pattern to, to get to his answers. Uh, yes, but um, developing these kind of habits um, is not easy. It's not easy. I mean, um, I've been doing research now for almost 10 years for this kind of books. And um, you find the patterns uh, in history very, very clear if you just take the time to go through the stories. But uh, to put this into practice uh, is another matter. Uh, because we have, uh, we are, in a, in, a, in a way, we are very close to, to animals and we panic, uh, we become very stressed when we are facing um, some kind of confrontation. Um, people become sometimes uh, super anxious when they don't get what they want uh, within right. a certain period. Uh, this is, is a bit stupid, but uh, we are human beings and we have to go back to a, a status of calm or status of uh, rationality if we want to solve our problems because by being emotional, uh, you can give yourself energy, but uh, you can also make yourself very confused. And this is very, very expensive. It, it, exactly. That, that's why I love going back to, you know, the ancient times and looking at philosophers to, to really find the answers. I, I feel that they had a, a, obviously a different perspective on the world than we, we have now because of you know all the chaos that's that's going on now i think it's more challenging for people to really be grounded you know and and come up with those answers and solve the problems and 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 also looking at uh, i believe it was marcus aurelius that's that was talking about you know the obstacle is the way and a lot of times when we see an obstacle we immediately freak out and we don't try to find Away. So I was wondering if you could speak to, to really problem solving or around obstacles and putting it in the context of, uh, you know, philosophy. Yes. Yeah, so let me just uh, give you a little story from, uh, from the book. Um, this is about um, uh, the creativity uh, that is, I would say, 
it's not required because you can be a, bus- a good, successful business person without being super creative, but uh, certainly it's a shortcut. And uh, especially when you're facing problems, just let me just give you a story. Look, one of the most famous um, uh, ocean- oceanographers in history uh, is a guy who, his name was uh, Jack uh, Cousteau because he was on TV all the time in the 19, um, uh, right. 1970s. And he, uh, he got into this kind of business uh, almost by chance because he had a huge accident. And uh, his dream when he was um, a teenager was to become um, a Navy officer. So he went to, uh, to the Navy school in France. Uh, he studied there for three years. He got his first job as a, as a um, lieutenant. And then he, had, uh, he was on holidays. He had a, a huge um, uh, road accident. He broke uh, his, um, his two arms, his two legs. And he went to the hospital because to recover from this kind of uh, fracture takes a long time when you break all the uh, main bones. So he was immobilized in bed uh, for months. It was very, very annoying. And when he got out of the hospital, uh, the doctor told him, if you want to recover your muscles, because the muscles, of course, they shrunk when you don't uh, use them, um, you should, do, should take some swimming. And Cousteau was not particularly fond of swimming, but said, okay, if this is what I have to do, I just do it. So he started to swim a little bit on the ocean um, every, uh, every day in the morning. And eventually he got, he got some Googles and started, and started to, uh, to dive a little bit. And uh, one of his friends um, uh, lent him a camera uh, he could use to take pictures on the water. And he became interested in, uh, in diving a little bit and taking some pictures. And uh, little by little, um, he started to become very, very, very good with the camera. He started to make little movies. Um, underwater, uh, making documentaries, and then he put together his, uh, his footage into a, a feature movie. He was released in theaters, uh, and he became overnight uh, the only guy in, in the whole world who was making movies underwater. And he thought, okay, this is a good business. Maybe I could uh, keep doing that. And he started to get a better camera. Uh, he started to shoot uh, movies in Greece and then in Turkey. And within a few years, he was the star of the TV shows because he had the, uh, he started to produce a, a weekly show about uh, life in the ocean. And for the next 30 years, he made one show after the other. And he quit his career eventually in the army, in the Navy, because uh, he wasn't making any money. So eventually he devoted uh, his whole career to making uh, documentaries and, and TV series. And he became super wealthy and super successful. Uh, the, the lesson from the story is that, okay, this guy broke his two arms and his two legs. He was in the hospital. He had to swim. And instead of uh, cursing his, his bad luck every day, he eventually took it very philosophically and he found a new opportunity. And this happens all the time. That when people get um, against the wall and say, I cannot go any further, I'm ruined, my business is not going anywhere, you just uh, use the obstacle uh, to find new opportunities. And this is what uh, Cousteau did very, very cleverly. As you can imagine, there were thousands of people diving on the ocean every day, but this was the only guy who actually started to ask, okay, maybe I could make something out of it. Maybe I could take some pictures. Then he was curious. Uh, he put the, the little movies together into a feature movie, and he uh, started uh, a new career. And uh, this is something that uh, should keep us um, alert, uh, that if you use your creativity instead of becoming uh, anxious or depressed, 
uh, you will find a way most of the time uh, to, um, to use these uh, obstacles uh, to your advantage, to finding uh, new opportunities, to finding um, new possibilities. I love that. And I actually didn't know that about Jacques Cousteau. I didn't, I didn't realize that story. So I love that. Again, the stories about really shifting how you can solve your problems and looking at those obstacles and saying, wait a minute, uh, there, there could be another way. You know, I'm just not looking at it. And that, that's where I find a lot of times entrepreneurs, they get so in their head and then they stop looking for a solution when in fact it's right in front of them if they just give themselves the time to, you know to really uh observe the the solution you know so i i always look at it this way if someone is if someone is creating or i should say experiencing uh a so-called tragedy or an event where they uh feel that uh it's it's a failure i always say look to the other side because if you balance your mind around it you're going to find those opportunities. And I know like with philosophers, I think it was uh, uh, Plato where he taught his students to really think abstractly instead of just, you know, kind of living in the material world about, you know, just kind of seeing things much big on, on a different scale. Yeah, and um, we don't realize the amazing advantage of living in the 21st century because we take for granted everything. We take for granted the internet, uh, the smartphones, um, Skype, I mean, all these um, possibilities that uh, the, the cost is very low. Uh, we take everything for granted, but you have to realize that uh, people have been facing essentially the same problems uh, for centuries about business, life, relationships, health, and they found the answers uh, with uh, resources that are, uh, from our perspective, very, very limited. Uh, uh, even a poor person today in an industrialized country like the US or Europe, even a poor person with modest uh, possibilities uh, has huge advantages uh, compared with uh, past generations. Even kings and, and, uh, and emperors, uh, they never had the kind of resources we have today. So we have to be grateful and we have to remind ourselves of the possibilities we have that um, even our parents or grandparents didn't have. Huh? Absolutely. No, I'm, I am in total agreement going back and looking at the wisdom and, you know, reading those stories. I love reading stories about uh, philosophers and people, you know, back way back when where we can just, we can say, wait a minute, if, if they solve those problems, so can I, you know, and we're like, you know, we are living in that time where uh, things are transforming very, very fast. Now, I'm just kind of curious, uh, John, how did you get into philosophy? What was your inspiration for really studying and researching and also applying this to your own life? Um, my inspiration, I would call it uh, irritation because um, <laughs> I have been, no, it's true, it's true. I have been reading books about um, personal development, I mean, philosophy, uh, uh, business, uh, marketing, I mean, for decades. I mean, I'm very uh, an avid uh, reader. And uh, I tell you, at a certain point, I got uh, quite dissatisfied, irritated with, uh, with most of the books I was reading because I find them very fluffy and uh, not very practical, quite, uh, actually quite superficial. And um, I wanted to find uh, books based on, on, on real uh, stories, on, on real people, uh, looking at uh, principles and looking at uh, history, and I could not find any. So I started to, to, to write the books I could not find 
Um, sometimes I think I, I, I would, I, I wish uh, someone else did it because it takes a lot of uh, work to write uh, these kind of books. But okay, nobody's doing that. So I'm doing the kind of, I'm writing the kind of books I want to read. I like, um, I like very much doing research about history, uh, looking at stories and looking at how people get things done because you can learn a lot. And um, this is, I like to do it. I mean, I, I hope to continue to do this for, for decades. And I have to tell you, uh, the, ma the main uh, problem for people when they look at history is that uh, they find it very boring. And uh, this happened to me as well, because the way uh, history is taught at school is very academic. It's very boring, very dry. Uh, this is a succession of uh, battles and kings and dates. And this is super boring and super useless. And uh, history only makes sense when we draw some lessons from it, when we learn practical things. And uh, this is something you have to learn uh, through analysis. You cannot just memorize dates which are completely useless. Uh, you have to look into the stories. You have to look into the principles because the whole uh, purpose of, uh, of looking at history is to improve our lives today. If we don't do that, uh, it's purely theoretical and it's completely useless. I absolutely agree. Now, I find it fascinating. I find uh, it's funny because your, your frustration, you turn that into something that you love to do. And now you're helping people all, all around the world, you know, with, with your books. So I, I think that, I think that's very inspiring and ambitious. Yeah, if I can give you another story um, that I think um, uh, it might be, I think, uh, interesting to your audience because what happens to many people in business, uh, men and women, uh, is that um, sometimes we like to do one thing or we, we have some talent or we have some um, uh, ambition to do something specific. And we become very frustrated because uh, our customers or our market uh, does not appreciate or, or we don't find the right opportunity. And this is something that uh, is not something that is only for the 21st century. It has happened uh, for generations. And um, there is an answer to that. Uh, well, there are several answers, but let me just tell you one of the stories I put in the book, which I found uh, super intriguing. And it's the, the story of Anthony of uh, Padua. He's, uh, he's a saint of the Catholic Church. So I don't limit my examples to business, also to, um, to um, uh, religion, because you can learn a lot from these uh, leaders, uh, from these religious leaders. And Anthony, who is uh, venerated in many countries, also in the United States, uh, he was uh, actually quite uh, unsuccessful at the beginning. I mean, he was uh, actually he was a complete disaster. Uh, he was a guy from a, a poor family. He didn't, they didn't have money to pay for his education. So they sent him into a monastery. He was in Portugal. And uh, he joined the Augustine uh, order. He went into a monastery and he found it super boring. I mean, the guy was in his uh, early, uh, he was a teenager. He was doing every day the same. Uh, it was super boring, and he spent his, his life, uh, his time uh, in the library, uh, at least reading some books uh, about religion, but he read books, he read all kinds of books. He was very intelligent, but uh, he didn't have any opportunity. And he spent year after year in the monastery, completely bored, uh, completely desperate, because he, he didn't find any meaning in that. And eventually, just by sheer uh, luck, um, uh, one day, um, there was uh, visitors, there were some visitors in the monastery, from the Franciscan order. So there were two monks went there. They were this kind of uh, traveling monks you have in the, in the Middle Ages. So they went into the monastery and they preached uh, on Sunday. And they were so uh, well-spoken and so um, uh, brilliant 
that um, Anthony said, okay, I want to join your order because here is so boring. I want to do something else. So he changed from the Augustinian to the Franciscan. They took him uh, to another monastery and he learned uh, how to speak. Uh, he got uh, some extra training, but still he found it very boring because he wanted to do something great. He wanted to do some amazing thing. He wanted to start some movement. He wanted to do something great like many people in business today, but they could not find, they cannot find the right opportunity. So Anthony was completely desperate. So in the end, he got the idea, maybe I could go somewhere else. Uh, he wanted to go to Africa uh, to convert um, African people to Christianity. So he went there after some uh, preparation. It was a complete disaster because first he, would, uh, he got some fevers. He almost died. He was so sick that uh, his, uh, the other monks, they sent him back to Europe because he was going to die. And when he was going back, he had a shipwreck, another disaster. And eventually he was stranded in Sicily. He went to Italy. Uh, he was, when he was in his uh, mid-twenties, he was so sick in another country that he didn't know anybody. They put him um, on, a, on a small uh, room. He was lying on, on, a, on straw. He, he could not speak the language. It was a complete disaster. And now comes his break. And this is uh, something that uh, is a great lesson for someone in business and in, someone's, in, every, in every walk of life because Anthony wanted to do something great and he wouldn't stop. He wanted to, uh, to become a leader. He wanted to do something. And he had been preparing for years for that, but he never got a break. And eventually he was um, uh, recovering from his, um, from his fever. He was in this little monastery in, uh, in the north of Italy. And um, uh, they had um, a, a ceremony on Sunday. And the people, the person who was going to preach, he got um, uh, um, a stop on the travel. He could not go there. So eventually they said, okay, who could actually preach on this Sunday? And they look at this Anthony, who was a foreigner, who could barely speak uh, Italian, and say, okay, why don't you just preach this Sunday? Because, I mean, you could be as bad as anybody else. So they just uh, asked him to say some words. They didn't expect anything because he, he was uh, a foreigner. And this Anthony, he just got up and he started to speak. This was the break he had been waiting for a decade. For a decade, he had been waiting for this opportunity. And he was so eloquent and so uh, well-spoken that uh, the other monks, they were astonished. They couldn't say, wow, where's this guy coming from? This is amazing. And within days, they told uh, the leader of the Franciscans and Francis of Assisi, they told him, there is a guy here who is amazing. I mean, this guy can speak. Uh, you never heard uh, anyone like this. So... Uh, Francis called Anthony to, um, to Bologna, where it was the, the headquarters of the Franciscan order. And within weeks, uh, he promoted him to counselor. Uh, he, Anthony never stopped. I mean, he went city after city, preaching Italy, France. He became super famous. And within a few years, he was uh, a great leader. And the lesson is very important because when you're building an asset, whether it's a business asset, whether it's uh, education, where there is a social network, you should not stop until you get the right opportunity. Because this guy, Anthony, St. Anthony, he could have stopped any time during distant years. Most people would have been completely discouraged because he never got a break. And eventually, after going uh, very, very sick, getting very, very sick in Italy, after shipwreck, after going to another country where he didn't know anybody, he got the right break. And this happens in business very, very often that uh, you develop a skill, you develop some reputation, you develop some uh, business network, 
and you think that it's worthless because it's not giving you any immediate return. But don't be a fool. Don't give up too early because most of, um, of the opportunities lost in life are because people give up too early. If you're building assets, if you're building skills, if you're building a social network, don't stop. You just keep looking for the right opportunity. And uh, the stories like the story of Anthony, and Anthony, they show us in history that uh, this kind of success uh, happens all the time. Mm, I love that. And I definitely agree. That's a, that's a great story. And it just goes to show you that you cannot stop. I always say you, you got to have a big vision, mission, and purpose, because if you do, that's going to give you the fuel to keep you uh, on fire and not giving up on yourself. So, John, well, thank you so much for being my guest today. This, this was very fascinating. Many thanks. Um, Heather, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. And real quick, where can people learn about you? I'll put it in the show notes, but you can tell people right now. I'm very, very easy to find. You can find my books on my, my website, my blog, my this free newsletter. Very, very easy to find everything. You just type uh, John Vespasian on Google or any search engine. Just type John Vespasian. Uh, you will find uh, anything in a second. Excellent. Yeah, so we'll put that in the show notes. I just want to close out this show uh, to, to look at your life in a different way. If things are not working out, turn to the wisdom of understanding a different way of thinking. Look at philosophy and people in history that have broken through you know, the paradigms and have been able to uh, really go after their goals. So until next time, this is Heather Picken. And I want everyone to really align your mind to your vision and live your La Dota Vida life. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. So if you found this show to be fabulous, please share with your fabulous friends, rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. <laughs> Wow. I'll make sure I take a beatbox lesson, right? <laughs> or give my little chihuahua a bone. <laughs> That's me. Fabulous. <laughs>